Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This week on Jordan and Jake. So FFA encompasses all types of things, Jake DeLome. All right, I'm gonna. It's not just farm and like planting crop. It's also cow judging for dairy cows or beef cows. Like we always say, there's only 16 of them. They mean so much. It's not like, oh yeah, we gotta just go play a little game. It, no, every game means so much, and it all adds up towards the end of the year. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Welcome back to what is now, I guess, the fourth edition of Jordan and Jake. Jordan Gross here with my good friend Jake DeLome via the wonders of the amazing internet. I'm at my farm in Fruitland, Idaho, and Jake is somewhere in the, I'm guessing, humid weather of Louisiana uh, on his cell phone. But we're here because we both are the broadcasters for the uh, Carolina Panther Radio Network. And now I can say I'm actually a member, Jake. I went to Arizona and did it last week. Came back to a busy week this week um, with a lot going on on the farm. And uh, yeah, man, good to talk to you. Well, it's good to talk to you. And I'm going to just get it out of the way. Um, I thought you did well on Sunday. So there I go. I, I said it, and I thought you All did right. a really good job. Brought, brought a different offensive line type perspective and a couple of the little funnies that you slipped in that only Jordan Gross can do. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, man. It was enjoyable. I, I I knew that it'd be it'd be fun. And you know what? It's funny until you do that, you I was kind of nervous before the game, like what you know, what am I gonna say? What do I but it's it's so natural and obviously Mick's amazing at what he does and Zoke and the David Langdon and the whole team there. It's it uh was a lot of fun. It was great for me too to see a lot of the guys again you know i hadn't seen him in about a year so i went to dinner with olsen and luke caught up with travel wharton and had uh breakfast with coach rivera so it's funny jake you can take some time away and you step back into it and the guys like right away are talking to you about pass protection and route coverages and all that stuff it's like you never left man it's cool to be a part of that again don't you think well it's such a special fraternity and and i think that's where guys have the, mo the most trouble when they leave the game that locker room is such sacred ground, and the things that you talk about, 
um, in that locker room and the playing of the of these games because, like we always say, there's only 16 of them. They mean so much. It's not like, oh, yeah, we got to just go play a little game. It, no, every game means so much, and it all adds up toward the end of the year. It does. And it was like the yin and yang of that experience for me was Sunday. I was sitting in the press box watching an NFL game. And then Monday, I'm back at the farm harvesting carrots and, and working back, you know, just in the quietness of the na of nature. And you called me yesterday to kind of talk about this and some other stuff, this show and some other stuff. And I told you I had a bunch of high school kids there, but it was during the school day. And you said, what's going on? I said, well, it's FFA work day. Obviously, and you say, what is FFA Workday? Well, for those of you that don't know, Future Farmers of America is a nationwide program for high schools for students that want to learn about agriculture. We actually have like a whole, all these classes at our high school in Fruitland about farming and agriculture and agricultural business and botany. Well, you got to pay dues each year to be an ag in FFA or an ag as they call it. And it's $35. So Back in the 70s, the high school ag teacher, the FFA teacher in Fruitland started a day where students could go work in the orchards and pick the fruit that gave Fruitland its namesake to earn their ag dues for the year. And that's continued on till now where students have to go out and get a job for the day. They get to miss school. So I had five high school students out here picking up veggies and, and cleaning up around the farm and doing work. And it's, it's pretty cool being back home, Jake, to kind of be around some of this rural life that I grew up doing. But at the same time, you know, get to rub elbows with the NFL. Well, that's obviously a, a very different contrast from 24 hours to the next. But, okay, <laughs> my, question, my question would be for you. Did you participate in FFA in high school? Oh, 100%. Me and my wife. Okay, my okay. wife, Dana. My wife was on the national winning forestry team. That's big time, Jay. You and I have resumes and careers that we're proud of. But Dana Gross was a national champion on forestry in and high school. And that is school. awesome. Right. And that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm not surprised Dana's a whole lot smarter than you. But my question would be, can you explain what does that even mean? So FFA encompasses all types of things, Jake DeLome. All right. I'm gonna it's not just farm and like planting crops it's also weed identification it's also cow judging for dairy cows or beef cows forestry would be like board feet you could receive from a big old tall tamarack tree all right you can do parliamentary procedure business management all these other types of things if kids want to go into agriculture because you know out here in the midwest to the Rocky Mountain region, we're feeding the we're feeding the country, Jake. That's what we're doing. And, and I thank you for doing that. And I find it ironic <laughs> that there is a cow judging when, in essence, that's exactly what the combine is for offensive linemen. There are these big old <laughs> cows that you get in shape, and you have men judge what you look like, your measurables, and then you go 100%. out and we try to get. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like look at the hips on that old on that heifer right there. I think she's gonna really produce milk this year. That's a nice looking Holstein. What about this right guard? He looks like a Brahma bull. Exactly. That's the way they talk about. <laughs> That's the way they talk about you. It's all the same. See, Jake, it's full circle right there. Man, good for you. But we better get back on some football at least. You got to watch the game from home. 
You're a quarterback. You were undrafted. I probably should talk to you about Kyle Allen. Well, I'll tell you what. That's Well, listen, the game wasn't too big. It it didn't move too fast for him. And there was just a great demeanor is that, okay, something bad happened. No big deal. We're going to move forward. And that's, that's what I noticed in January whenever they played the Saints. And he started that game. And I was on that sideline for that game. And I know we mentioned that last week. But his demeanor, it wasn't too big. And just the way he performed, it was like a calm demeanor. And when your quarterback's calm and you're not staring at the whites of his eyes, you have a, a general kind of calm over the huddle. And and guys just – they went out and they performed. And, and I think that was the biggest takeaway, just watching his demeanor the whole, the whole game, all 60 minutes. Well, what a difference a week makes, too. And I agree with everything you said and just listening to the guys talk about him. That's exactly how they felt. But what 0-3 uh, is a million miles away from 1-2. and two. You know what I mean? And, and everybody knew we needed that win badly. But, oh, thank God. And to win in, like, a decisive manner, too, with, with big plays on offense and eight sacks on defense. Like, what does that do to the team and the psyche? The difference between 0-3 – Losing on the road with quarterbacks banged up or whatever, and then getting to one and two, knowing you got some confidence in the guy who's under center, and then allows Cam time to you know get back to full health whenever that happens. Well, it is a vitamin B twelve shot, is what I mean. It is going to give you <laughs> some 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 energy, some juice, and not only that, to do it on the road, long plane ride, so you have the whole plane ride back, guys. That confidence starts to build back up. You know, because you start to wonder, when are we going to win a game? The first two weeks were extremely long. And, yes, you lost opening Sunday, and then you play on a Thursday. So you get to watch everybody play that following weekend, and you're sitting there stewing that you're 0-2, in essence, knowing you could easily be 2-0. and But getting a win on the road in Arizona, the long trip back home, um, it's, it's a shot in the arm. And I would assume practices this week, with probably a little more life, a little more pep in guys' steps, because there's nothing, there's nothing like winning in the NFL. Now, a hundred percent right. And and on air, I talked about uh, the O line did a little bit of a shuffle in this last game. Daryl Williams started out at left tackle, and then due to no injury, and afterwards finding out that that was the plan all along, Greg Little got some snaps at left tackle. And then Trey Turner, when he got his ankle rolled, that allowed Daryl Williams to go in at right guard, a position he's played before, a guard position, and do well. And I, John Matsko, the O-line coach I had, I was lucky enough to have my last three years there. And he is an incredible offensive line coach. And to have the foresight to do a little bit of moving around of the personnel, the O-line, you know, I know Daryl Williams has had um, some tough matchups and has gotten some criticism for some sacks allowed. And I can tell you right now, that's a tough position to play, but to get Greg Little some snaps last week, now knowing you know whatever the status Trey Turner ends up being, Greg Little now has reps at left tackle already. If he does have to go in and be the starter, who knows? But then Darrell Williams got some reps at right guard too. It's just awesome to see the O line coach uh, do that ahead of time, Jake. That's a that's a great point, Jordan, and you hit it on the head. I wasn't fortunate enough to be around Coach Matsko. But uh, just over the years, hearing how you would talk about him and Ryan Khalil and some of the other linemen. But to have the foresight to start to sprinkle in Greg, because he missed, he didn't even dress the first two games because of his uh, concussion he suffered in the preseason. So for him to go out and not only to play, 
when you're lining up against a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I understand Terrell Suggs is getting older, but you're lining up against this guy on the road, um, that has to be a confidence builder for Greg. And then Trey goes out, Daryl slides to right guard. And the things that I'm starting to read about Daryl, he talks about how comfortable he is on the right side. So he can plug right in. He's probably getting some of the calls that he, he knew already. But you have a new center. He's never played next to Matt Paradis uh, at center. Oh, you know, Ryan was always the center. That goes a long way. That's harmony. And that's that's a big, big key for an offensive line. And you can speak to this more than I can. Just getting the, the language down because it's a different language. So now Van Roden and Little can start to develop their communication lines and then Paradis and also Daryl. And then you have Big Moulton on the right side. You start to develop your own language. So that was huge that they were able to get some reps, be it a quarter or so, uh, in case it does uh, play out this weekend that way. No, you're, that's, that's a great point, Jake. And I would say the challenge for Little now will be he's got film on himself out there, right? So the worst guys for me to pass block against was the unknown backup that I'd never watched film on. You, you would no always idea. say that. It's you true. Always, it's, it's, yes, you always used to say that. I remember it's that. It's true because you, you study guys, right? So you want to know at least kind of what type of player, what type of moves that you're going to be dealing with. Okay, so I'm, if I'm going to get you know, a battle that I used to really look forward to every year and dread was John Abraham when he was with the Falcons. I thought he was a great pass rusher. And if I did well, man, I felt good about myself. So I would study John like crazy. Well, I remember they had this backup, this this much smaller D, D, DN from Montana named Croy Beerman. And I remember the first time he came in the game, I was like, I have no idea what moves this guy does. So you're, you're just guessing, right? You're not playing. You don't have a game plan. Well, the opposite can be said for defensive ends. I know over the years talking to guys, they study the tackles, right? What kind of sets you take, how you use your hands, all that stuff. So there's no tape on Greg Little this regular season. So Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs, they didn't really know the guy. Okay. And I'm not saying Greg didn't do a very good job. I was really impressed with watching him, but now he's going to have, if he goes in as the starter or he gets a significant amount of reps, those defensive ends outside linebackers for the Texans are going to be watching him. So this job will be a lot tougher for him this Sunday. Plus if he's the starter potentially playing a whole game. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds. There's no doubt about that, and you made a great point. John Abraham, one of the probably the most not-talked-about great defensive ends that we've seen because he was a fantastic player. But you're exactly right. And then now, so there's tape on Greg, and then now let's start diving into the game plan a little bit. Will Romeo Cornell start to – because they moved J.J. Watt all over the place on defense. He's going to line up as a, as, as a shade. He's going to line up as – as a three technique, he'll, he'll play in, he'll play all over. Will they want to put Watt on Greg and let some of the, you know, J.J. Watt mystique uh, get into Greg's head some? Because those are the games within the games that play out all the time. So that's something that I think is going to be key um, if that is the case uh, this Sunday. No, they definitely will. And they'll want to give a, a rookie offensive lineman, especially a left tackle, as many different looks as they can. Expect blitzes, expect twist games, ex expect a whole Rolodex of pass rushers to go against him so that he's got more on his plate 
you know, that then he they potentially think he can handle. Kyle, talk about your time in Houston, though. Little known fact for a lot of folks. I think people know you were a saint. Obviously, your best days were as a Panther, I, I believe, unless you feel otherwise. You went to Cleveland, but then there was a little a little brief stop in Houston. Jake, talk about that organization, your experience there in its limited capacity. Yeah, Jordan. Um, and listen, I was thinking a lot about Kyle's performance, and it really bothered me in leading up to last week's game, and especially here, um, you know, talking to a bunch of friends and people in Louisiana, because everybody's talking about the backup quarterback of the Saints, Teddy Bridgewater, and how will he play with Drew out, the sky's falling. Well, Kyle Allen, the same thing. Yeah, y'all, Cam's hurt. Who's the guy? Oh, yeah, he played against the Saints last year, the last game, but we didn't play anybody. And that really bothered me, and I was like, wait a minute. No, you did play people. You had to play your starters. You don't have a, a roster big enough to play all backups in the NFL. So it's like no one gave Kyle credit for the way he played the last game of the season because it didn't mean anything. Well, I'll tell you what it meant, and I'm using air quotes in case you're wondering. Uh, I can feel him. I can feel him over here. You can feel him, yes. Well, Kyle went in and had the belief of that whole football team. Again, I'm going to keep on repeating it. The game wasn't too big. He played fantastic in New Orleans last year. So right then and there, the team had an ultimate belief that if called upon, he can lead us to victory. That in itself is one of the biggest obstacles any young quarterback will have to overcome. Does the team believe in you? That gave belief in that football team, talking about the Panthers, that they believe in him. Norv has already called a game for him. So it wasn't like it's the first game or it's the second and third quarter of a preseason game. Norv has called a complete game with Kyle. So Kyle went in and did the same thing this week, uh, last weekend as he did the last game of last year. That is huge because the belief in that team. So the Texans, I signed there like November 30th. Okay, right at the end of the season, they had a bunch of injuries, but this was a team with like eight or nine wins. They had they were things were rolling. They were leading the division. So I signed there and I'm the backup. I'm backing up a rookie and they don't know me. Yeah, I had a little back history um, of playing and I was in my 15th year. But these guys don't they don't know who I am. So you're running practice squad. Well, we go to the last game of the season and it meant nothing with air quotes once again. And we're playing the uh, Tennessee Titans. We're the third seed. We are completely wrapped up. We cannot improve our seed. The, the Titans have nothing to play for. So I knew I was going to play the second half of that game. They were going to give me some reps to play just in case something would happen in the playoffs because it's a system I'd never run. Well, lo and behold, first play of the game, quarterback gets sacked, separated left shoulder. Boom. I am in the game. I play <laughs> the whole game running plays I have never run yet, a system I have never run, but had a pretty good game that game. And we went down. We had a two-minute drive. Um, we were down by seven. And Coach Kubiak told me, hey, we score. We're going for two no matter what. We're winning the game because we don't need to go to overtime. We're getting out this game. So sure enough, we get a two-minute drive at the end of the game, right down the field, get a touchdown. So right then and there, just by me playing in the so-called meaningless game, that gave the team confidence in me. The next That locker room after the game, the next week in practice, the coaches, the players, they looked at me differently because I went in and they knew they could trust me and we were able to make plays. 
And that makes all the difference in the world. And I, I go back to the Saints game last year. The team had ultimate confidence in Kyle. And it wasn't like Norv uh, had this um, second-grade game plan. They ran the full gamut of plays. And he distributed the ball fantastic uh, in the game. Christian, as great as he is, we didn't have to abuse him, so to speak. And we got everybody involved. And look, we had a great win. Now, how? my question for you that I have for you is how loud was it in Arizona stadium last weekend? Yeah. Minimal Jake minimum. And okay. a lot of Panther fans. So it's going to be different this week. This week will be loud. That's one thing that I hope the Panthers and I'm assuming they are practicing with crowd noise because it gets loud and it gets rowdy in Texan stadium. I can, I can attest to that. I've been on the, that, that in that stadium for a few games, it's going to be very loud. There's confidence in this team. Um, there was confidence leading into the season, and especially now that Andrew Luck is no longer in Indianapolis. Uh, and they they traded for Laramie Tunzel, and they're starting to get some pieces. So there is a lot of confidence in that team, and it's going to be extremely loud and hostile on Sunday. I, I will co-sign that. And, and, and finally, Jake, because we are running out of time, give me what you're looking to watch in this game, what you're looking most forward to. The thing that I'm looking uh, most forward to is that, listen, I'm not so sure how great of an Arizona Cardinal team that was last week. I'll be very honest. But we played the Los Angeles Rams, who are 3-0, and I think it's a legitimate football team. And I'll go back to it. The, we left that stadium, everyone, players in, included, we let one get away. Then we played Tampa. We felt we let one get away. So you go to Arizona and we beat them and we pulled away in the second half. So, but that's a game we should have won. Our talent is better. Now we're going to face a talented football team that is probably going to be in the playoffs. This is what I'm looking forward to. How will this team improve from last week into this week? And do we have a shuffle of the offensive line? That's going to be the big thing. What is the shuffle of the line going to be? And how does Greg Little play if he does have to start at left tackle? and the familiarity with Darrell Williams at right guard. Because you said it in the broadcast, Jordan, Trey Turner is probably – he might go down as one of the best Panther offensive linemen when it's all said and done. And it seems like he's never talked about. He's never kind of talked about in that regard. But he is such a good player. So that's what, that's what I'm going to want to see. If Trey is not able to go, how are we going to protect against that formidable front of the Houston Texans? Well, I look forward to listening to you, Jake. You, you spoke you spoke well and got me fired up for this game. So I will be tuning in, watching from home. Good luck, have fun, and I'll see I'll see you. I'll actually see you next week. We're both in Charlotte for the Hall of Honor stuff. I can't wait to talk to you about that. I can't wait to talk to you about that also. But man, I'm looking forward to this Sunday, and uh, it's going to be some good stuff. All right, got it. All right, ready, break.